Welcome to the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series, exploring how data can help cities become more resilient, smart, and responsive to challenges. This series is brought to you jointly by Center for Applied Geomatics (CRDF) and by CoData, the Committee on Data of the International Science Council. Via this podcast series. we bring to you reflections on the interdisciplinary approaches and the innovative use of data taken by various cities offering examples of good practices and lessons learned hi this is shelly gandhi from sept research and development foundation today we bring to you an episode on massive cross domain data required for understanding intelligent urban systems In this episode we have Manvita Baradi founder director of Urban Management Center an organization working towards professionalizing urban management in India and in South Asia she is also the founder dean of faculty of management at SEPT University in a conversation with Dr Franz Gatzweiler executive director of International Council for science global program on urban health and well-being hosted by chinese academy of science in xiamen china i welcome you both on this episode thank you shaili thank you shaili and it's a real pleasure to be here with you talk with you manvita about this uh, really uh, important topic and allow me to put the topic a little bit into the global and historical context just to see the relevance of massive cross domain data which are required for urban systems for cities to make them more intelligent so i think if we look at the world today and the planet today it's an urban planet and urbanization really is a global force which needs to be understood really in the historical context of Uh, increasing complexity complexity is really one of the mm, topics of our program and complex systems so that is why i would like to introduce the topic from that perspective now urbanization is really also a major urban a major challenge and threat to the health and well-being of humanity as we can witness right now with the pandemic and the threat lies in the resource consumption in the pollution and in the ecological footprint which cities around the world have and at the same time cities are also an opportunity for people to innovate and make better decisions together and face challenges of our time like disease biodiversity loss inequality or like climate change and i think the opportunity here lies in the fact that increasing complexity is enabled by making ever more connections connections between in the economy between buyers and sellers for example but also connections in networks of exchanging data which allow us to produce knowledge on how to change behavior in the face of those challenges i just mentioned like pollution climate change and disease and we now have the data telling us that globalization and urbanization 
trends threaten our health and well-being because the ecological footprint they produce are not sustainable. But the data do not tell us what to do. So we need to make these connections here between data, knowledge and action. There are other examples in history where cities and civilizations have failed to make these connections. Ancient cities like Tikal in Guatemala or Angkor in, in Cambodia or the Easter Islands with which we are very familiar with uh, in the meantime. And they have collapsed because they were not able to make this connection between their own growth and their deteriorating environments. Uh, maybe the cholera outbreak in London in the 1850s is also a good example. And definitely another example is the pandemic we are currently all facing, where many cities did not share data fast enough and where data was not transformed into knowledge or knowledge was favored only which is politically favorable and because action also here was seriously delayed in many cities. So in that sense, many cities were not very intelligent in, in responding to the pandemic is from the situation in India, some cities in India, how they dealt with data and how they made more or less intelligent decisions. Thanks, Franz. Uh, it was really nice to hear you talk about the global uh, experience which you've had. In India, what is happening right now is uh, maybe you've, you've all known that post-2014, we have many missions created by the national government. And one of the missions is the Smart City Mission. Now, the Smart City Mission's objective is to make local governments use data intelligently and use it for decision making. So for instance, I would give example of many cities in the country which have used water quality data, which has used traffic data, which has used wastewater data for understanding what's going on right now and what will happen in the future. So that is where we are. And you know, I mean, India has been back offices for many of the countries where the IT solutions and IT uh, brain power has been exported to other countries and our people have helped organizations abroad in IT field. So the thought was, why wouldn't our government and our cities not use the human resource available with us and come up with something which is extremely important for our city's growth and economy's growth. So this came up and local governments were mandated with the challenge that under the e-governance mission and smart cities mission, you want to look at cities information and knowledge base to convert that into appropriate decision making. So Many water supply solutions have become computer-based. How much water is pushed into the system, where water is going, where water is not reaching, and what is the quality of water being supplied. So regular testing of lab testing is also done, but then the information will come back, say, hey, look, some of our areas, more vulnerable populations are living. They are not receiving water with adequate pressure, 
they don't have appropriate distribution network so that information comes back and city governments are supposed to look at this data and fill the gaps and provide solutions so that is where right now a lot of our information and our uh, our approach as a government has done however my question is is it enough are we really doing the right thing do we have enough capacity in the local government to be able to absorb all this information process it and then give back appropriate solution so this is where i would ask of how do other countries in your opinion france connect the dots between data and knowledge which can lead to action yes thank you manvita i think that's a really um very important question and from my viewpoint from what i can see out of, from the perspective of our program i would say that and that's where i just finished my um my input before you you took over one very important uh, issue here is to clearly understand what is in the public and in the private domain what are public and private responsibilities and freedoms for example during a public health emergency like we are in now but also future public health emergency like climate change and we are facing others you mentioned water we are facing food issues and uh, and many others so i think to find the right scale for data being processed into knowledge and action is really important some public domains clearly require government responsibility public responsibility and leadership at this point point out to the call which our program together with the future earth health knowledge action network formulated and it is a high level integrated systems governance strategy for cities and one of the issues one of the points of six points we are calling for in that call is a clear leadership and mandate to deal with urban health issues in an integrated manner leadership is really important here and leadership i may add leadership at the appropriate scale of the uh, resource governance issues we are facing you mentioned water and then there are other points in this call in the shaman call for action including the inclusiveness that means people need to be part of making sense of the data we have for resource management problems because the data alone do not tell us what to do and how to make decisions um another point is the intersectorality and that refers to our topic of in this theme of cross domain uh, and intersectorality so there are various urban sectors such as transportation energy housing and they all include the same issue of health for example then there are per- clear performance indicators which are needed and which also need to be clear across domains risk needs to be shared because stakeholders invest and benefit from the resources which need to be managed and finally because these problems we are facing are really complex problems that means that we also need to admit that we will never have a complete set of data 
which tells us what needs to be done. So uncertainty will always be part of these complex management making decisions. So that we need to take a precautionary principle approach, which incorporates both a, a curative and a preventive dimension to safeguarding the health and well-being of people in cities and, and everywhere else, is to keep people in the loop when dealing with uh, massive data and processing massive data for better decision making. A similar example I would also quote from our experience here. I was uh, talking about water and how information has helped. I would give that example when the digital meters were installed in a community on the water pipelines and distribution network. It was also connected to a mobile-based SMS system. So as you know, our cities are very dense. And some cities, uh, some of the vulnerable population or the settlements have not been given house-to-house connection. So people have to rely on a stand post or a public water outlet. They go and fetch water uh, in some of the remote cities and uh, populations which don't have enough water coverage. Now, after digital meters were installed, the SMS, because the mobile penetration in the country is very large, the mobile phone coverage, an SMS-based system that at this time your water will come or will be supplied was uh, made available on a text message. That became important and communities started using that time effectively and rationally to receive that water at a given time. So when it wasn't so, people used to just wait in queues or wait that water will be supplied at a particular time and they would that time would be taken out from their productive time which would be uh, important for their livelihoods uh, creation or you know actually doing some productive work for either uh, they were doing tailoring or they were doing plumbing work etc so that time they could save because now they knew the water was to come at five o'clock in the evening and not wait for that. So this is how I think the information was given via mobile phone technology. People received it. They saved time. So that is one example how urban systems adapted the use of technology. The second I would say through our uh, our work is doing enumeration of um, population for for certain um, activities for instance the community themselves would enumerate their their peers and neighbors who have say a health problem say tuberculosis or would have based even during covid times they they could send off messages to the government that here we require help etc the government would respond based on the community's information and that connection was made possible because surveys were possible on the internet on the on the uh, wi-fi platform where, where many cities provided wi-fi connections in in settlements and this was also done as part of uh, mapping exercise and they used 
location-based, GIS-based solutions. The city governments had to really learn and adapt to use of technology in the last one decade. And they have, many city governments have installed new ways, new technology solutions. Either it is GIS-based survey technology or water or air pollution data coming in and they providing solutions to communities or working on it, analyzing data. So some things have really started happening. However, the big question remains, is our human resource ready? Are our analysis data points being read appropriately? and whether solutioning is happening on the same time scale as the data is being generated. Sometimes I do feel we have a huge gap between data creation, interpretation, and going into a solutioning cycle. So that, I feel, is a challenge, in at least in our country and in South Asia, as I understand it. Yes, uh, thank you, Mandita. This is What you just mentioned is a really uh, nice example of what we like to look at from the complexity perspective. It is really about creating the conditions through additional information, in this case, through additional data in order to solve a major coordination problem. And you mentioned the coordination problem in your case was about going to fetch water and not not going there during working hours. So making this action of water supply more efficient by uh, creating the conditions for it. So that what we see is happening there is um, an additional level of coordination or development of complexity. Now society is more capable of solving that problem of water. I think it's a really nice problem and thank you for allowing me to perceive it from the theoretical complexity perspective. <laughs> uh, but I think that sometimes helps to, uh, to understand what's going on. I think this is an example for a local problem. I think that at the international level, similar processes are happening. So for example, there is a a global policy which is promoted by the World Health Organization called Health in All Policies, which says that if we coordinate our policies around a common denominator, which is health, then we can more efficiently contribute to public health. It's very similar to the local problem you mentioned. If we coordinate people going to fetch water by providing data, then we have a, a better way to, to solve this coordination problem. I mentioned the Shaman call for action, which calls for, for something similar, the integration. And another activity as an example, in a cooperation between the United Nations Habitat Organization and the World Health Organization is to uh, integrate health into urban planning so that when we plan cities, uh, health is factored in from the very beginning. Health impact assessments, which are proposed as well from the World Health Organization, 
one part of this cycle. You mentioned also the cycle. And you are right, I agree totally that the timing is a challenge. Often the knowledge which is created from the data and the actions uh, even more come too late. And in the meantime, the damage is done. So how to solve the problem of the correct timing is, I think, locally specific to the problem we are addressing, to the resource we are addressing. But it definitely needs a speed up of the learning process. And that's what this cycle you mentioned actually is. It's a learning process. And it's not just one cycle. It's, uh, those are several continuous cycles going on all the time. How to speed up that learning process is a big question. And I think we need to look at that in more detail uh, with each specific problem we are facing in cities. I would uh, also add with what you are saying that our countries are facing, and this is globally, our countries are facing four coordination challenge between, say, I would say a challenge between technology, education, its adoption, and adoption especially in our communities. Because however rich or poor you are, unless there is willingness to adapt to new technology and as community, but also as a government's adaptability to to adopt a new technology and use it for betterment uh, of the population. This will always be a question. Are we becoming intelligent or are we becoming unintelligent by using technology and especially in the urban systems? So that is where, Shelley, I would like to end by saying it is a collective decision of all the levels of government and Keep communities in mind when such decisions are made to be able to have wonderful urban systems and urban life for all people, rich or poor. Thank you, Manvita and Franz. It was great listening to both of you and the highlights what you have given using the practical and the theoretical approaches to harness the potential of massive data collected for building urban systems. Thanks for listening to this episode from the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series. If you like our podcast and want to know more about the series, check out our website www.crdf.org and follow us on social media. Please leave a review and like and share wherever you listen to the podcast. Look out for the next episode and join us next time. 